Hey guys, I wanted to let you know about a new project I've been working on for quite some time that I am so excited about. It is a fresh book just for all you mamas called Doing It All. Stop overfunctioning and become the mom and person you're meant to be. Doing It All is a simple framework designed to help you organize your stress, clear your mental clutter, and make more space for what really matters in your life. This book is about sharing my blueprint for achieving a centered life as a real working mom with real working mom problems. It's not about achieving a dazzling fantasy life of ease, wealth, and perfection, but a realistic life that's purposeful, organized, and aligned with your personal values. A life where you're able to prioritize what really matters and where everything, even laundry, has its place. Work calls? Yep. Time with your kids? Absolutely. Time for yourself? A top priority. Yes, you heard that right. This has nothing to do with manifesting positive vibes. You won't find a single affirmation here. Instead, you'll discover a practical framework, step-by-step plan, and over 40 targeted exercises, prompts, and activities. You can pre-order right now at amazon.com. Look for Doing It All by Dr. Whitney. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. everyone. It's Dr. Whitney. And on today's podcast episode, I am going to be playing a portion of the audiobook from my new book, Doing It All, Stop Overfunctioning and Become the Mom and Person You're Meant to Be. And I was going to read it myself, but I decided I was going to let Brittany Wilkerson, who is the narrator for the book, read it for us because she is just so amazing. She's an actress and she really just brought this book to life so poignantly. And this is my absolute favorite chapter in the book. It's chapter eight, Thriving in the Real World, Taking Care of the Center of the Circle, You. And it tells a story about my daughter, McKenna, and needing to learn how to take care of myself and take care of her with all the realities that face us every single day. So It's my favorite section of the book because it's the most raw and it's the most real. So I'm going to let her read it for you. Chapter 8. Thriving in the Real World. Taking care of the center of the circle. You. Scott has a closet stuffed full of technical hiking gear. Every birthday, he asks for an REI gift card so he can buy more headlamps, tents, and portable camp stoves for our family camping vacations. The basement storage unit is overflowing with children's sleeping bags and kid backpacks he's amassed over the years. He's a family mountaineering aficionado. But 
guess how many times he's braved the wilderness in the past eight and a half years with us. Scott has camped, hiked, or mountaineered with his kids and wife exactly zero times. That's right. Nada. Zilch. Rion. He's making purchases for a family life he doesn't have. Every once in a while, my client Lee does the same thing when on an aimless shopping trip. Never mind the threadbare underwear and ripped socks at home that need to be replaced. When the mood strikes, she goes for over-the-top, way-too-spendy silk and linen resort wear. Even though she doesn't have a sit-by-the-pool-and-relax-sans-kids vacation planned anytime soon. It feels good to pretend for a minute she lives in an alternate world. One where she has a gazillion dollars at her disposal and no real problems or responsibilities. The escape is nice. Until the credit card bill comes. A friend of mine calls this ambitious shopping. She says she routinely does the same thing when packing for a two-day getaway with her husband. She'll neatly fold the skin-tight skirt she bought way back when and kept hanging in her closet for that one special day, only to find it doesn't fit quite right once she pulls it on in the hotel room. Her only other options? An equally ill-fitting suede jacket and pleather pants she once purchased on an Instagram scrolling whim, fantasizing about the days when life was free and easy, pre-kids. She's packing for a fantasy life. I understand the feeling well. Almost every time life goes awry with McKenna, it stems from my secret desire to have a life that's not mine, for my kid to not need so much support. I parent like my friend shops, and like my partner amasses pretend family trip gear. Ambitiously. I plan playdates that stress her out. I overextend her and me. And ironically, my intense wish that our family's world was a little more normal is what sends it spinning completely out of orbit. True self-care, the kind that meets my deepest needs, is what brings me back to Earth and lets me get on with living here, in reality, instead of wishing for an alternate universe. Life will never be completely chaos or pain or complexity-free for any of us working moms, whether we have high-needs kids or not. It brings trauma, sadness, and even heartbreak, no matter how hard we will it not to. It brings inner conflict, times when we can't seem to make anyone happy, least of all ourselves, and when we feel like every decision we make comes with a trade-off we just can't bear. Sometimes it just brings squabbles, ungrateful moments, and the occasional allergy to household chores for everyone in our households. But there are some very real steps we can take to steady ourselves before and during the storms of life. It all comes down to placing yourself in the center of your circle, to taking care of ourselves. Placing yourself at your center. At the bullseye of your centered vision and center points is one critical component, you. You can be your best navigational beacon, able to place more emphasis on one center point or another, even placing all your energy in an area outside your circle for short periods of time, if you first taking care of yourself. 
It's tempting to gloss over this part of the Centered Life blueprint, but here's the truth. You can have the best systems in place, but if you haven't done the inner work for yourself, it won't amount to much. You can be the most productive and effective employee and mom. You can declutter your home, whittle down your schedule to the bare minimum, develop healthy boundaries, and be a master of delegating and automating. But if you haven't taken an introspective look inside and made space for you in your world, your progress will stop there. You won't be able to have that tough discussion with your partner about sharing the mental load without feeling guilty. You'll get angry and frustrated when your colleagues don't respect your boundaries. You'll keep on adding tasks to your plate as you become more and more efficient with the ones already there. Through my work, I've discovered four key traits that must be cultivated if you want to keep yourself in the center of your life, navigate your centered vision effectively, and recognize when you're outside it. I call them the four S's. One, self-acceptance. Accepting who you are as a human. This includes your strengths, your weaknesses, and the uncontrollable circumstances in your life. Two, self-awareness. Understanding the negative self-talk and faulty messages you send yourself that sabotage your peace of mind and taking steps to combat those lies head on. Three, self-care. Attending to the basics, attuning to your emotions, and making room in your schedule for joy so you have a fighting chance at staying centered. Four, self-compassion. Developing a moment-to-moment self-compassion commitment that teaches you to develop a strong inner coach versus a mean inner critic. Self-acceptance. Every time I'm tempted to wish McKenna's dependence on special supports away, I search my online journals to remind myself just how important it is to lean into my real life instead of running away from it. Here's what I wrote years ago. I just dropped my kids off at school and, as per usual, they got to pick the soundtrack in the car. This time, the Moana soundtrack won out. Also, per usual, I forgot to turn it off and that song, Know Who You Are, came on. The one where, spoiler alert, Moana restores the heart of the lava monster, Taka, revealing the beautiful hidden island of Tafiti. Even though you're acting like a bad guy right this second, Moana croons in more poetic terms, I know the real you is beautiful and good. It brought me back to that life-changing day when we started anti-anxiety medications for McKenna. For years and years, she had seemingly waged war against herself. Night upon night, I sat and held my baby girl, unable to reason with her, and hoped beyond hope that someday she would be free of this force that so clearly kept her captive. Eventually, we turned to a psychiatrist for help. It took about two weeks for the medication to fully kick in, and although McKenna was still six and acted like it regularly, the lows weren't quite as low. Her outbursts weren't as grand. Her mountains, even meeting a friendly mascot at a local baseball game, were more like the molehills other kids faced. 
slowly, as we chemically brought her back in balance and worked with her therapist to maximize rewiring her responses to everyday obstacles, it was as if, after all that determined, heart-wrenching searching across the horizon for the one I knew was out there, I got to place the heart in my own fiery lava monster, and she literally melted, relaxing into the true beauty I've always known she was. She became the exquisite, yet still quirky and sensitive, island I always knew was waiting to be unveiled. I had crossed the horizons to find her where she stood waiting for me to tell her. You know, and I know, who you are. It only takes me one pass through my own writing to bring myself back to that crucial moment in our family journey. Ambitiously parenting or turning to short-term self-care solutions for a life we didn't have wasn't the answer. Acceptance was. I had to radically accept not only who McKenna really was, but also what she needed to be the best version of herself. You have to do the same for the uncontrollable factors in your life. Radical acceptance, coined by psychologist Marsha Linehan, then popularized by author and psychologist Tara Brock's book, Radical Acceptance, is now widely used in the dialectical behavior therapy world as a tool for managing emotional or physical distress. Radical acceptance means recognizing the problem or stressful event you're facing, whether it's a minor inconvenience like someone cutting the line at Starbucks or a more major problem like managing a chronic health diagnosis and going full tilt toward accepting it. It sounds counterintuitive that leaning into the parts of life we're most frustrated with might help us deal with them better, but the science is clear that it does. Radical acceptance actually promotes change around what we're struggling with, because when we radically accept the circumstances around us, we can better manage our emotions, so we can better solve our problems. Studies have also shown that therapies incorporating acceptance reduce suicidality, substance use, anxiety, chronic pain, and improve relationships and subjective well-being. Life regularly and inevitably involves emotional stress, anger, fears around health, shame around failed relationships, Dr. Brock told Jenny Tates, a journalist for the New York Times. But anything short of fully accepting our human experience will keep us caught in those emotions. By radically accepting that McKenna has autism and anxiety and that she needs support to function in a way that's not destructive to herself or to others, and that lets her be the stunning tafiti she is inside, I can stop ambitiously parenting her for a life we don't have, just like my friend stopped ambitiously packing for a pre-baby body. Radical acceptance allows us to stop fighting against the circumstances we can't control, so we don't waste our energy on fruitless, self-defeating efforts to change what's set firmly in stone. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app 
We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned as you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. Okay, so see what I mean? I started crying almost when I was hearing her read that portion of the audiobook. I absolutely love her rendition of it. And I hope that as you listen to that section of the book that you were inspired. If you are someone who is struggling, especially as a special needs mom or just as a mom who's maybe going through a rough time in her life personally as it relates to yourself or to your kids, and that you could take a step back to say, man, have I just been pushing and pushing and pushing with so much force against this thing that seems unmovable And maybe if I just went around it at a different angle, I would actually be able to make more momentum without crushing myself in process. That is really how I've had to come to look at parenthood with both of my kids, but especially with McKenna, that sometimes the harder I push, the harder I resist, the harder I lean away from the things that I have worries about when it comes to helping her, helping myself the harder it is for me. And so I just hope that you'll take this moment of encouragement. The entire book is available now on audiobook. And the entire book in print format is available January 30th. And the point of doing it all is to teach women, but all people, but women in particular and moms in particular, how to do a few things how to create a vision of your life that's centered on your values and your goals, which is easier said than done, right? We've probably all done a vision board when we were younger. We've probably all messed around with the idea of manifesting. And in the book, I talk about the idea that because circumstances a lot of times are not under our control, manifesting often just does not work. And so how do we create a vision for who we want to be regardless of all the circumstances that might surround us that we're unable to shift. We'll learn how to implement a system to deal with all the annoying have-tos on your list quickly and efficiently. So this is not a book about going and laying down on a secret island or in a hotel room or in a hospital room by yourself. I love to do memes about that as well, about the idea of like, maybe I'll just hurt my you know, leg so that we have to go sleep in a hospital room by myself. But the reality is I have to actually still be in it with my kids, even when it's difficult. And I know you have to as well. And that there are a lot of things that don't fall on your high priority list, like dishes and laundries and laundry and cleaning your house and taking your kids to school and picking them up and all of these things that have to get done. And so we've outlined in very specific format how to do that. And just sneak peek, A, we talk about the things that you have to do and only you can do. We call these the non-negotiables. And some of the main strategies that work in this area are things like deciding that some of the activities on your to-do list really deserve a half-ass effort. 
They don't deserve your full effort. And actually, if you give them your full effort, you are taking away from other things. So giving yourself permission to do that. Number two, building more efficiency. So we talk about batching work. We talk about how to have more focus. We talk about pairing activities that you hate doing with activities that you love. So that way they're easier for you to get done. The second is delegating. And I know this is a triggering word for a lot of you, especially those who live in dual gender households. You live with maybe a male partner and you are a female and you're parenting alongside a male partner and you feel like that person is not stepping up to the plate, that they're not doing what you need them to do to help your family to be successful. The next is around deciding what is the clutter that needs to be eliminated in your household, in your environment, on your desk. Right this second, I'm staring at a very cluttered desk and it's harder to work because I'm staring at that cluttered desk. And so I know that right now recording this podcast is not that big a deal, but if I want to do some deep work later on, I'm going to need to get rid of this clutter so I can actually focus. But Clutter in our physical environments, there's so much talk and chatter about clutter on the internet, on Instagram. Clutter in our physical environments is important, addressing it is, but it's not the end-all be-all. We have to also think about the clutter that's in our lives and our inability, especially as women, to stop and to pause so that we can move faster later on, so that we can be more agile. You know, if you were a... Olympian athlete, you would not train every single day. You would have purposeful rest days. And as moms, we don't give ourselves that rest. And again, I don't mean that you take a week-long vacation away from your kids. What I mean is that you decide as you look at your schedule every day, every week, every month, what are things that I can eliminate that don't need to be here, that are here because of obligation, that are here because I have anxiety, that are here because I have guilt around them. What are those things? So we dig into those more deeply. And then finally, we talk about those areas in our lives that are called heartstrings that really deserve set boundaries so that we can enjoy them fully, so that they do not become draining. One of the biggest boundaries in my life is around my parents and around my dad who has Parkinson's and some dementia. And I absolutely love my dad. He's my hero. But it's emotionally draining sometimes to be with my parents because it's so tough. And to be with my dad specifically, because he's just not the person that I remember in the same way when I was growing up that I just absolutely adored. His mind has shifted and he's a different person. And so I know that when I'm setting aside time to be with my dad and even to be with my mom, that I have to do it in a way that doesn't drain me so completely that I can't then give to all the other parts of my life. Or that if I am going to do it in a way that really drains me and that I get kind of to my lowest low, that I don't have anything else set uh, after that, that I'm really clearing my schedule so that I can give them as much of my time and attention as possible. The book also teaches people, teaches moms how to give their kids what they need to be healthy, happy, and successful. And I do not mean setting your kids up to go to Harvard. I'm a Stanford-trained pediatrician. It's overrated. It was a great experience. I love that the name sometimes gets me different book things or speaking gigs or whatever, but it's not the end-all be-all in terms of me being happy with my life. And I don't want that for my kids. As a seasoned pediatrician for you know a decade and a half, 
I have seen the parents that are too stressed out about academics. And while I do absolutely want kids to reach their full potential, I know that teaching kids skills like resilience and like flexibility and like being emotionally intelligent and like contributing to their environments and like learning how to cope when things really don't go their way, that those are some of the most important skills that we can teach our kids, no matter what kind of kid you have. And then finally, prioritizing your own mental health and well-being without the mom guilt. And I don't mean actually without there being any mom guilt, because I think mom guilt is part of being a mom, at least in our society. But I mean, without letting the mom guilt overtake you, without the mom guilt being so strong that you are now unable to function successfully or to think clearly about what's the best thing for you and what's the best thing for your children. So if you have not already downloaded your copy, your audiobook copy of doing it all, go do that now. We'll put the link in the show notes. And the book itself, the paperback book, it's going to be available January 30th. So right around the corner. I cannot wait for you all to listen to it, to the full thing, and also to read it. Take care, everyone. Until next time. Hey, mama. If you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.